Hello and welcome to the Crying Burns Calories podcast. I'm your host, Katie Saltzman, personal trainer, nutrition coach, entrepreneur, creator, and expert in teaching women how to take back control of their health, their mindset, and their happiness. Most of you know me as a nutrition coach, but this podcast and this platform is going to be so much more. This is a place where I want to be able to talk about it all. Yes, of course, health and fitness, but also relationships, social media, adulting, hormones, just life. I want this podcast to cover all the ups and downs, and I want you to know that you're not alone. Ultimately, I'm here to give you the confidence to break through what's holding you back, to embrace who you fully are and show up authentically in life. Because life is messy. It's not perfect and it's not meant to be. So grab your wine, a drink, or if you're like me, that chocolate or that ice cream, because it's time to take our stories and the things we go through and make them our superpower. It's time to laugh, cry, learn, and understand that we are all in this together. So let's dive in. Welcome back to the Crying Burns Calories podcast. On this guest episode, I have somebody coming in that I'm really excited about and a topic that I'm really excited to dive into because I know it's one that so many of you resonate. It's one that I get messages about all the time. We are going to dive into emotional eating. So I decided to bring on the founder of Better Health by Accountability. Her name is Ashley We connected over Instagram and I was like, yep, I'm having you on my podcast 100%. I need all of your value to be able to pour into my audience. So Ashley, thank you so much for being here. Introduce yourself to everybody. Tell us a little bit about you, your story. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Katie, for having me today. I had been watching you on Instagram for a while and I was like, who's this dancing cool chick <laughs> with a rocking body? Like I need to like be on, I need to talk to her. So that's, that's how I found you. Cause I'm a dancer too. And just being silly and not taking life too seriously. Right. Um, Along the way. I love that dancing can bring us together. The yes. Best. Yeah. Now we need to do like a collaboration, real dancing. Well, I'm down for it. Let's go. <laughs> Um, I never thought that I would become a health coach. That was never something that was necessarily like a goal of mine or anything. I worked in tax and accounting for 12 years, um, toward the end did not like it there and then decided that I wanted to be a stay at home mom. So I thought, and then I realized that was terrible for me because as much as I love my kids, I need to be doing something else. Um, So after I had my third child, I was really struggling with like losing the baby weight again. And through all of my trial and error and dieting and all of these things, I had finally figured out how to lose weight in a sustainable way. It was just the accountability part that was always missing for me because it was like Monday would come again or there was another event that was happening. And I was like, I just need to get it together. So I decided to post my progress of like my postpartum weight loss and stuff on Instagram, like every normal person would do. (laughs) I couldn't believe it when I like posted my pictures and I was like, you know what, I'm in. And so I did weigh in Wednesdays. I was showing people what I was eating. I was making sure to exercise, you know, the majority of days in the week and getting my water in and all the things. And so people started asking me like what program I was doing or like what diet was I doing? And I was just trying to tell them like, really, I'm just doing this in a sustainable, slow way. And they would see it. I'm like, 
I'm not trying to lose like five pounds a week. Like literally if I'm losing like about a pound a week, you know, like I'm good with that. And so just through people asking me questions all the time. And I was kind of, I was coaching them without really realizing that I was coaching them. One of my friends was like, you, you should totally like charge for this. And I'm like, yeah, okay, maybe I'll try to do that. And so it's just, you know, snowballed into where I am now. And it's, I'm just so passionate about it. And I feel so lucky that something that was so hard for me, like as a kid growing up and like into my teen years and just always hating my body and feeling overweight and stuff. Like I get to help other people find their happy, you know, goal weight range and stuff and get there. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's just kind of blown up from there. And now it's a full-time, it's, I, I still like would call it a gig, but it's not even a gig. It's a full-time job now. Yeah. And, um, sometimes it feels like a gig if it, you enjoy what you're doing so much. Yes. Yeah. No, you're right. It is. And I did in the beginning, I kind of had to like convince my husband that like, no, this is, I actually have like a real job now. And he's like, okay, Ashley, whatever. Yeah. So, I believe and like fully trusted me now. But ever since I was even like six years old, I was going to have to be in this nutcracker performance. And I remember I had to wear a leotard and tights. And I remember comparing myself as just a little girl as to like, I was bigger than the other girls. And it was then when my body security insecurity issues started. And I just always ate a lot of food. I like food. And I was always like the clean plate kid. And um, I didn't know it until later in life when I actually understood what emotionally eating is and coping with your emotions with food and stuff like that. But that's what I was doing. Like really, go ahead. I don't know about you, but I think that like one, we, we are passionate about like what we've struggled with for so long. Like when I got into this industry, it was like, it started just like you, where it was very much a, like almost a hobby or an excitement or something that I was passionate about and made me feel good. So I started talking about that and then you pair it with a ton of education, right? Certifications. And you're like, okay, I really want to take this serious. And then you get into it thinking it's going to be as simple as like, hey, just being able to give macros or X, Y, and Z. And then you start to realize that you are dealing, like you start to onboard coaching clients and have better conversations and get deeper. And you start to realize we're dealing with a generation of women that are struggling so heavily with emotional eating. And we knew it because we struggled with it ourselves. But then when you have these conversations, you're like, oh shit, this is way deeper than just macros. Yeah. And it's like weight loss in general and being consistent is so much more of a mind game than you would ever imagine. Because I, yeah, you're, I can assign somebody macros. I can say, all right, do this, do these workouts and make sure you're only eating this amount of calories per day. All right, ready, go. <laughs> and they're like, but wait, I actually have like this really busy life. And I ha- a lot of them have like kids and they have a job and they have this and they're trying to like figure out how this all fits into their schedule. And life is hard. Like, I know we all can admit that like life is really hard. And so like having these women having a coach that they can talk to and that can support them through the ups and downs of on their journey to their goal, yeah. I feel like is priceless. And like, I, if I were just if I knew about this when I was like a teenager or even in my early twenties, if I could have invested in a coach that would help me with this, instead of me struggling so hard and yo-yo dieting so much, it would have been such a gift to me. And so 
that's always what I tell people too. Like I have a client right now um, who just found out that she's pregnant. She's going in for her checkup tomorrow, like her eight week appointment. I'm super excited, but she, she's like, I would have totally started just eating crap, like right off the bat since I haven't been feeling good. And I always think too, like even through my pregnancies, that's when I just like would eat whatever I wanted, which was not the right thing to do. But hormonally, you're so like just messed up and trying to make yourself feel good. And I think that's what a lot of people are doing, even obviously outside of pregnancy is just eating to cope with the stress of the world that we're in today and the go, 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 go. Yeah. I think a huge part of it is stress. I think a lot shifted when COVID came around, we saw emotional eating spike even more. And then we're pairing emotional eating with a generation of women that are struggling with self-confidence, with self-worth. And then emotional eating is typically tied to weight gain. And then when they see themselves gain weight, it lowers that even more. And it only cements the cycle in even harder of this emotional eating, stress eating, coping mechanisms, just to keep us safe that don't actually make us feel better. So where do you think women can start? Like, I know so many women listening are struggling with daily emotional eating, and then they're trying to slap a bandaid on that of macros of weight loss, and it's only fueling the emotional eating fire. So like, let's take it back to basics is like, where do you think women should start when they're struggling with emotional eating? Yeah. Well, cravings that come, right, generally are coming on from an unmet need. Now, a lot of times that's just from not having like a fueling breakfast in the morning or making sure that you're eating like on somewhat of a schedule to where your hunger levels and your hunger cues aren't going to like the hangry factor to where you are at that point, not caring about what you're going to eat and you're just going to grab whatever's around you. You're going to go through the drive through and stuff like that. And so really taking a second to pause when you do have a craving, when you are feeling a really strong emotion, let's say you're really frustrated with your kid, or like you've had an argument with your husband, or you had a really hard work call. A lot of times, the first, you know, thing that you want to do is get up and go in the pantry and grab a handful of chips, maybe some chocolate, like you're trying to like soothe yourself in that moment, when really what you really might need to do is go outside and like take a walk and like breathe for a second and be like, wait, did I actually eat lunch? What did I have? Did I have any protein? Um, it's it, what's what I find the hardest is that I think people act on impulse. And a lot of that is because we're taught to just be okay. Like just pull up your, your bootstraps and like move along, right? Like not to actually feel the feelings that we have inside And I know that that's what I was doing for so long about anything like boyfriends in my teen years or about the fact that like my pants didn't fit the way that I wanted. And so then I would like eat to make myself feel better about that, which made absolutely no sense because then my pants were going to fit worse anyway. Um, And, you know, stress in college, stress with a new job, this and that. And so I, I wasn't thinking about the right way to fuel my body and what would actually maybe make me feel good because I just felt so bad on the outside that I was using that to cope. And so my best strategy is I know journaling sometimes people roll their eyes at and it's kind of like a woo woo thing, but like having some kind of way that you can pause and gather yourself Mm -hmm. and 
tune in to what you're actually feeling and what you actually need because probably Burger King is is gonna feel good it. in that moment, but not in the yeah. long run, right? For sure. I call them moments of intention with my clients. Like if we can just have a moment of intention, whether that is a walk in the sunshine, whether that's five deep breaths, whether that's journaling, like I'm never, I'm not like, I'm borderline woo woo, not a huge journaling girl. I don't know. I've never been. I love a little breath work meditation. I also love like moving through it mobility. But one of the things I learned in my healing journey from trauma was the more you feel, the more you heal. And one thing I loved about what you said is that we're not actually like feeling the emotion that we need to be feeling. I know a lot of women I work with, like maybe something that they're feeling is loneliness. And we've learned along the way that just like you said, that we need to put a smile on our face and we need to be okay. So we go to these very simple coping mechanisms like food, because it's easy. It makes us feel good instantly, but in the long run, it doesn't make us feel good. And so when I'm getting to the root cause of emotional eating with a client, it's understanding that, okay, so maybe we're feeling loneliness. Maybe we're feeling stress from a job. Maybe we're unhappy in our relationship. So food is not going to fix those things. So if you want to get to the root cause of emotional eating, you have to fix the feeling that you're actually feeling, you know, one, you have to move through it Two, what is actually going to help you not feel lonely. Do you need to call a friend? Do you need to connect with them? Do you need to connect with family members, get on zoom with somebody? Do you need to go? Like when I moved to Denver, I was beyond lonely. I didn't know anybody. And I had to go to these like uncomfortable meetups and get in the room with people. And those moments were really uncomfortable, but they've also brought the greatest connections. And I would still have that feeling of loneliness if I didn't focus on what I was actually feeling. So it's understanding that while food is very temporary and easy, if you want to fix emotional eating, it's actually getting to the root cause of it. Yeah. And it's hard. It's, it's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. And each day you have to reset your intention. You know, even you can wake up in the morning feeling like, oh man, I want a donut today. And it's like, do you really want a donut? And, And I'm all about all foods fit and everything. And once in a while, yes, I do maybe want a donut or I want to have some pancakes with syrup and whatever that is. But generally that is coming from a feeling of either overwhelm, like you said, and I I do have clients who they're, they're very lonely or bored too. It's like, so we'll come up with ideas of like, okay, what could you do in the evening that would actually like fill your bucket up, you know? And like, what do you need to do? Sometimes people go into this, like, woes me. Oh, you know, I have no friends and nobody cares about me and this and that. And I'm, I'm not saying that that's, those aren't real feelings that people have. And sometimes people are in like dark places, But a lot of times we need to go out of our comfort zone, like you said, to create that life that we're wanting. Mm -hmm. Do you want to just go home every night after work, get DoorDash, have a scoop of ice cream, watch Netflix and go to bed? Like, do you want that to be your life? Or maybe you like have a hobby where you go like on some hikes on Saturday morning, you know, Um, maybe like you said, maybe you need to like forgive a family member. I know a lot of times there's like hurt and resentment and like all of this stuff. And then you're only hurting yourself by eating when you're not even necessarily wanting to eat. And I know you mentioned um, my Instagram post, I think it was yesterday or something like that, where I was saying that there's like four different types of hunger. Right. And if you don't, if you don't mind, I'll go into that for a minute, but like physical hunger 
it comes on slowly. An emotional reaction or like an urgent craving or something like that usually comes on really quickly. And again, because it's from an emotion, but physical hunger should come on to where you, you have enough time to think like, oh, I'm kind of hungry. Oh, oh, my stomach just growled. Right. And it gives you that time to really think about like what you're going to do next to plan what you're going to do next. And that emotional feeling often, it sometimes comes when you're not even hungry. Sometimes it is when you're hangry, but oftentimes like you could have totally had like a good dinner. And then all of a sudden you find yourself snacking on popcorn and cookies and whatever that is, because it has nothing to do with your actual hunger. Right. Um, Taste hunger uh, is what I say when you're at a birthday party, for example, and maybe you're not hungry, but somebody's offering cake. Right. And to ask yourself one do I really actually like the cake that's being offered or am I just about to have a piece because it's kind of like the thing to do, right? Like, and I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings, but there is no problem in having a little bit of cake, even if you aren't actually hungry, if it's something that you know you really enjoy, that you're not going to feel guilty about having after. And that I think is what people struggle with too, is feeling like, you have to eat what's in front of you just because it's there. Yeah. Um, and feeling like that peer pressure sometimes, even around alcohol and stuff too, of being like, I'm in this group setting. And so I feel like I have to participate in every single thing that's here. And you don't. Like you have a choice. And it's important that you're actually listening to what your body needs and wants rather than just doing it to fit in. Yeah. Setting boundaries for yourself with relationships with people with understanding what your body needs. Like the more we can connect to our body and tune into what it needs, the better we're we're always going to make better decisions. It's like taking that moment of intention to be like, what do I need? I'm not against a cake. I'm not against a donut in the morning, but like, is it what you want? Or are you having it just to have it? And Mm -hmm. I think a big part of this process, and it's something that I really want to dive into with you is for women, we, because of emotional eating, we've lost so much trust in making decisions for our body and making decisions about food to where having something very normal, like a donut or like pancakes, where we should be able to have that in a very normal environment and move on triggers an emotional eating because we feel like we failed on a diet. We failed ourselves. We said we weren't going to have sugar on a 30 day sugar detox. And now we have. So that turns into emotional eating when that should be a very normal scenario. So let's dive into a little bit on like how we earn trust in ourselves around food. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I think that when people are trying to get it together, quote unquote, then they start to try to control. And that's when oftentimes they won't even allow themselves enough calories during the day that their body needs to even function, right? That's a big part of it. And they restrict. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to not have any carbs and I'm really going to try not to have any sugar. And I'm going to take like the good creamer that I like out of my coffee. And I'm just going to be like really bland. And I'm just going to do a really good job and be disciplined and because this is a great plan for consistent long-term weight loss. I know. And discipline is a muscle that gets fatigued when you've done it for so long and you won't be able to continue doing that. 
And I always say, like, you were talking about summer bodies. Okay, let's say you work really hard and you lose those, whatever, 15 pounds to get to like that summer body that you want to have. But what about after? Because you know that restricting yourself in that way is not going to get you that actual healthy lifestyle that you want to have. So what do you want? Do you want to have a sustainable plan and have somebody kind of show you what that looks like? Or do you want to keep doing the, okay, I'm going to diet, I'm going to lose the 15 pounds, and then I'm gradually going to gain it back. And here I am, I'm going to restart wherever it is. I'm going to restart on January 1st. Oh crap, I actually haven't done anything. So now, now summer body time, I got to do it again. And then, you know, eat whatever you want in the summer and then start over again in the fall. Um, it's, it's exhausting. And I used to do it, which is why I can say like, it is so exhausting to just always be on that roller coaster of restrict and then do whatever I want. And and by doing whatever I want, it is the emotional eating. It's like, I'm just going to make myself happy. However, I feel. Absolutely. We're addicted to these quick hits, these quick hits of emotional eating to fix a problem quick hits of losing weight. And it's like over and over and over again. And no matter how much we talk about it on social media, because we live in a world now where it is very open and it is very talked about. And I'm open about how I used to struggle with binge eating, disordered eating and hating my body and coming out of it. But the thing is, uh, women will always ask, like, where do I start? And you may or may not disagree with this, but I think the only place to start is they have to be so sick of the quick hits and the quick fixes. They have to be so sick of living in a different body every season and constantly thinking about diets. It consumes our mind and so much of our time. And one question I always ask is like, what would it give to your life if you never had to diet again? If you never had to think about a diet, if you never had to wake up on a Monday and wonder what you were going to crush this week, if you never had to crash diet, if you actually lived in a body you were happy with, think about how much that would add back to your life. But women will only, like the first step is you have to be ready. You have to be so sick of doing that cycle because that was the only thing that took me. I would have kept going until I got so sick of my own BS that I actually wanted to do something different. Yeah, you have to trust that there's another way. You really do. And I just started with a new client a couple of weeks ago, um, a male actually, and He's like, okay, so what I usually do is Monday through Friday, I have like 1500 calories. Mind you, he's six foot tall. And then on the weekends, I kind of like let myself loose and I have like 2200 to 2500 calories. And I was like, okay, yes, that's what you used to do. And that's what you've been doing your whole life. So please, for the love of Jesus, let me try to teach you how to do something differently and trust the process that you can do it differently, but it's not going to be quick. And I remind my clients of that. And they're like, oh, well, you know, I have this like wedding that I'm in or this or that. I'm like, then then my program is not going to be for you because I'm going to teach you how to do this to where when you're not working with me anymore, you have the tools that you need to continue doing this on your own. And it gave me chills when you were saying the question that you asked, because nothing like having that food freedom to where you don't have to wake up and feel mm-hmm. like you're on another plan again. Yeah, that's it is. It's like sickening really to always be thinking about what your body looks like and like comparing yourself in the mirror and like being so worried about what the scale says. Like it is a sickness. And it's something that if you probably wrote down all the amount of times that you thought about it during the day and should I have this or should I not have this? Or will I feel guilty if I have this? Like, 
guys, let's stop doing that. Our health should create freedom and fun in our life. And it does the opposite. It makes us feel like we're in a prison that we're never going to get out of. And like one thing that I like to show women is that it can be fun. It can make you feel free. It can add back to your life, but only if we choose to let it. And I actually respect so much the fact that you turn away clients because I'm very much the same. And I think that's really rare in this coaching industry is if a woman comes to me and says, Hey, my wedding's in too much and I want to two months and I want to lose weight. I am the first one to say, I am not the coach for you. Look, congratulations on getting married. I'm so happy for you. I want you to feel amazing on your wedding day, but I'm not the coach for quick results. I'm the coach for long-term results and healing your relationship with food in your body. And if you took them on as a client, it would only make it worse. Yeah. And you would just be doing it to like get the money and then be like, all right, good luck. Hopefully you didn't actually lose the 30 pounds you wanted to lose in two months. Sorry about that. (laughs) Yeah, Just know that that's like a really hard thing to do. And we, as women, we have hormones, like we have days where we retain more water than others. And like, again, it really is having those habits in place to where you're, it's what most, it's what you do most of the time that matters. Right. And making sure that you're getting enough food to last you at least three, four, even sometimes five hours throughout the day so that you're not just constantly snacking and grabbing things, you know, because you actually haven't even felt like you've eaten. Yeah. One thing, one thing I am working in my intuitive eating group that I have right now, we're working on eating without distractions. And it has been so difficult for everybody. That is my biggest struggle. I am always eating distracted, no matter how I know this, I know this as a coach, but I'm like, but if I can multitask, it would be, but eating without distress, there's so many benefits for it. Yeah. I mean, yes, a lot of times I'm grabbing the protein bar in the car and, you know, I'm answering some emails while I'm eating my lunch. Like I'm not saying I don't do that. But we did do an exercise last week where it was like, you have to eat one meal with no distractions, put your phone away, put your TV away. Like you can chat with your family. Like I'm not trying to say not to, not to chit chat, but to actually enjoy. Put your blue light blocking glasses on. (laughs) Put your earphones in and don't talk to anybody. No, but like taste your food, Mm -hmm. put your fork down and chew your food. Like, I know we live in a world where it's go, 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 go. But then you get to the end of the night and you're like, I don't even know. I don't even know what I ate. And then sometimes when you are sitting down to like watch that show or read that book, that's when you are having those cravings because you're finally quiet with yourself. And so you're starting to eat and snack more and you don't even need that stuff. If you would have just focused on what you were actually eating in the beginning of the day, that would have been a little help. Yeah. I like, it's like, what if we just slowed down? Like what Mm -hmm. would happen? I always ask the what if questions, like, what would it look like if we did this? What if we just tried this, you know, Mm because we know what, what we're doing right now isn't working. And again, like clients will come to me with gut health issues, bloating, and there are a lot of underlying reasons for that. But a lot of it can be as simple as how we're eating in front of a screen, distracted, inhaling our food on the go, not chewing it, right? Digestion starts in our saliva, digestion starts in the brain, right? If cortisol is high, our food, we're automatically in fight or flight. Our digestion is not going to be great. But what if we slowed down? What if we chewed our food more? Because the digestive enzymes in our saliva help so much with breaking that down. 
what if that's what it looked like? And then our problems went away, but we're so wired to multitask, to hustle, to check things off a to-do list. But at the end of the day, it's like health is meant to feel healthy. Most of us have been on this journey for so long and we don't feel healthy. And that's like heartbreaking for me. Yeah. And gosh, there's usually so many other things that are wrong in a, in somebody's life when they come to me and they're like, all right, I want to lose weight. Like I'm tired of this. And it's like, how are you sleeping? You know, are you actually getting seven ish, even seven hours of sleep? Oftentimes not right. Are you making it a priority to have some kind of like a social interaction with your friends? Even if you are introverted, like, are you connecting with people during the day instead of just work, kids, life, job, you know what I mean? Like all of those things. Um, and, and resting, like it's, it's almost like a sin to rest, to like take a nap in the afternoon, like for 15 minutes or to sit down and actually maybe watch a show and relax in the middle of the day. It's like, we're always pushing, pushing, pushing that towards the end of the day, which in turn makes it so that we're staying up later. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, all of that matters. Sleep matters so much. It's, it affects like your irritability during the day. It affects your appetite. I know for me, if I've had a shitty night of sleep, I am definitely more hungry and irritable the next yeah, day. Of course. Just the way that it is. You, you wake know? up with cortisol just pumping. It's already high, right? Cortisol is yeah. high. We know blood sugar's off. Cravings are going to be high as well. Yeah. It, and then it, my it, clients who come to me and they're like, well, my, I intermittent fast until two. <laughs> Yeah, like just running off of cortisol, which what are you doing? Yeah, it's a catabolic hormone. It's going to help break things down in your body. Yeah. Um, But no, I love I love the idea of just hitting pause. I think women will come to us and they think we're going to give them the perfect macro split and the perfect workout that's going to change the game. And that's not it. Sometimes it's, I'm not adding in more. I'm actually adding in less for you. Yeah. It's like, yeah. if we want to get rid of emotional eating and if we want to get rid of triggers and we want to start being healthy, and we want to optimize lean muscle mass and we want our nutrition to be good. All of these things comes from one, our body, not being in fight or flight, our body, not being in a triggered state to have the emotional eating, right? How do we get cortisol lowered just on a daily basis and get you to hit pause more often Because not only will that lower cortisol and you'll feel better and you'll be less stressed, but you'll also have less cravings. Your food will absorb better and your body will digest better. You'll be able to keep and build lean muscles so much easier. We we don't ever think that, hey, stress, sleep, lifestyle, all of those things matter. We instantly go to calories and like move goals. Yeah. What can I do to fix this essentially, you know? And I think like what having a a coach does though, too, is it helps you to always kind of be a step ahead. Like you do have to plan to be successful. It doesn't have to be like a seven day meal plan by any means, but you do need to be thinking ahead as to like, okay, if I have a busy day tomorrow, what am I going to fuel myself for breakfast? What am I going to bring with me for lunch? What snacks do I have? Do I have my water bottle handy to fill up? And because my clients have to send me, and I'm sure yours are similar too, they have to send me like what they're eating throughout the day. And so that gets them trained in the habit to always be thinking about like, okay, I know I'm going to have to send Ashley this. So how am I going to prepare to make sure that I have my ducks in a row 
not to impress me, but to make sure that their hunger levels don't go down so much to where, you know, they're in that fight or flight and now nothing matters. And oh my gosh, I just ate six Oreos and I didn't want to tell you, but I skipped my lunch. And, you know, so there's like that panic that comes. Yeah. And I think for me, like, I don't ever want to add stress to somebody's day or create stress in somebody's day. So it's very different with all of my clients on whether we are tracking food, whether they're sending me pictures, whether we're just building meals and I'm keeping them accountable. Um, Working with a lot of high performing women, I have to differentiate. It's my job as a coach to say like, okay, this is what is going to work for us. And it's not adding stress, but you're right. It's that little nudge and accountability of And it just helps them realize that, oh, actually I did skip lunch and that's why I ate the Oreos. It's not because I'm out of control with food. It's not because I'm addicted to sugar. It's not because it's emotional eating. It's like, I actually just didn't honor my body. And I think that's what coaching helps realize, like bring out in women is in staying accountable is like just this little nudge of starting to reconnect to their body and their hunger levels and putting themselves first in the smallest ways that they haven't been for so long um, which I think is, is amazing. Yeah. And I mean, it really, is shifting priorities because oftentimes people come to me and, you know, they're like, well, I was working out and then I was in a really good routine. And then I just like stopped. And my question to them is always like, why, why would you just stop all the way? Like, why wouldn't you just try like, you know what, maybe Mondays and Wednesdays, I'm going to set my alarm at five o'clock and I'm going to get up and do my workout before work, yeah. you know? And Oftentimes they do say like, well, I never really thought of it that way, you know? And so our jobs as coaches is to make it sustainable for them so that they don't feel like it has to be all or nothing. I have better weeks than other weeks. And I'm sure you do too. That's just the way that it is. And not to beat yourself up about not being perfect with your routine every single week, things come up. I think one thing is understanding that maintaining during the day is a win. If you maintain that day, it's a win because usually maintenance is a fail. So we go into self-destructive behavior, which is where that's when we get back two steps. It's like, what if we didn't take a step back? What if we just maintained that day? What if we understand if all we had to give was 5% that day and we gave that 5%, we actually gave 100%, you know, then we're never taking these big step backs or clicking into self-destructive behavior. And then emotional eating just almost takes care of itself if it's coming from a diet or a confidence driven, if it's coming from true emotion, again, it's going back to what we said before of like, what's actually going to fill that void. Right. And you're never, ever, ever going to be healed from emotional eating completely. Like there are things that happen. Uh, there are I'm so glad you're saying that. Yeah. I mean, you're not just going to be like, I'm healed. I never emotionally eat, but you're going to just be so much more in tune with your body when it does happen. And it will happen less and less. Because you will actually listen to like what you need. And when my, my daughter, a couple of weeks ago, panicked, she broke her arm. Like I've never dealt with a break before we were at the hospital. We were there for like six or seven hours. I hadn't eaten anything. And immediately I started craving an Oreo milkshake, like so bad. And I knew it. And it's funny. And I totally shared it with all my clients too. I'm like, I knew that I was going into that emotional state because I was stressed. I was tired. It was just a crazy day. And you know what? I got that milkshake when I was done. I did make sure to have protein. Yes. With it later. I was like, it's okay. I had a freaking emotional day and I'm going to have the Oreo milkshake and I'm not going to feel bad about it. It's 100% is detaching the guilt from eating something that feels good too. When I moved from Detroit to Denver, I'm the first person to say, 
I was triggered with emotional eating more than I ever had been in years. Back in the day, I struggled with so much binge eating and emotional eating. And then I thought I was healed from it. And that was actually a really cool lesson for me as a coach to be like, we're actually never completely over it, right? It's like, I'm leaving an abusive relationship. I'm coming to a new city where I know nobody. I have all of these different feelings and I filled those with food, right? Because it was easy. I had nobody here to go to, right? But it for me, it was awesome because like, yes, it was a lesson learned. Did I love the fact that I was triggered with emotional eating? No. no. Did I honor the, the emotions? 100%. But I was able to move through them so much quicker. Within a couple of days, I was like, this is not serving me at all in any way. This is not fixing a problem. And it will never go away. We just get better and better and better at it. Or we actually like have what we want and we move on with our day. And it's okay to be vulnerable about it too. I think most people want to hide it because it's embarrassing when you feel like you're out of control and you're eating so much more food than what we think our friends are doing, even though we don't even really know what our friends are eating behind closed doors. Right. It's embarrassing. Your favorite influencers eating because she's not eating that every single day. either. No, no, she's not telling you the other things. Right. But it's okay. And like to, to ask for help and to invest in a coach. If you feel like, you know what, I'm going through a season that's really hard right now. And I just need somebody to kind of be on my back and also be my friend at the same time. There's that, or, you know, get, gather some friends around you and be like, look, I'm going to send you my dinner for the next week. Cause I want to make sure that I'm not going to do the thing that I've been doing. I've been having three margaritas and all the chips and salsa and stuff. And that's not serving me because I'm waking up the next morning, feeling bad about it and feeling yucky and gross. So yeah. get, like, don't be afraid to admit it and get help when you need it. Yeah. Don't be afraid to ask for help. It's actually so we have to like normalize emotional eating so much more because we think we're alone with it because nobody ever goes on social media and was like, Hey, I just binged on all this food. Like you never see that. So it's not as normalized. And I love that. Like we should normalize it. It's okay that you're doing it. And it's okay to ask for help. If you're struggling with it, it's nothing to be embarrassed about. It's something that we all had to ask for help with at some point in our lives too. Yeah. Yeah. And still day to day, it's like a daily thing where you're just having to check in with yourself. And like you said, that doesn't go away. And there's going to be seasons when it's harder than others. And it's just, that's just the way that it is. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for coming on and diving into all of this with me. Um, Let, let the audience know that's listening where they can connect with you at, where they can find you, what your main platforms are. Sure. I usually hang out on Instagram the most at betterhealthbyaccountability.com or at betterhealthbyaccountability. My website has the .com on it. And if you want to try like three days of accountability coaching three with me or free with me, you can do it on there and it'll be through email and I'll give you like some meal options and an exercise to do. And so you can just kind of get a taste of how it feels to have a coach. And yeah, it's fun. Ask me any questions that you want to. Yeah. Awesome, Ashley. Well, thank you so much for being on. Thank you so much. Have a good day. You too. If you vibe with this episode, I would love to hear from you. You know at Crying Burns Calories, we are all about community and connection and just changing the conversation about life for women. So if this episode was helpful for you, I would love if you could tag me, share it on your Instagram stories so I can thank you and also so we can just continue to get the message out and growing this amazing community.